Something big is shocking San Diego. Something so powerful and so electrifying, you have to experience it to believe it. It's Electric Eel, SeaWorld's new triple launch coaster, reaching 62 miles per hour and nearly 150 feet in the air. With the only upside-down view of Mission Bay, Electric Eel, now open at SeaWorld. Right now, get a SeaWorld single-day ticket from $59.99. Advanced purchase only. I'm gonna get in trouble for this song. <laughs> Definitely gonna get in trouble for this song. <laughs> oh man. Good morning, everybody. I better stop. <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble. I so I've been avoiding the copyright police for a while now, and I think they're keep they're creeping up on me. I found a music service that was letting me bypass all the craziness, but yeah, we made it anyway. Um, our screen, hey, uh, our guest, Harley Wallen, is got a black screen right now. Hey, Harley, do me a favor and uh, reset, like exit out and do it again. And by the way, this is Morning Gratitude. <laughs> this, is, this is Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude. Good morning, everybody. I hope you're doing well. Man. I got so much sleep last night, I don't even know what to do. Hold on, I'm going to send him another link here. Um, there we go. Cool. Alright, so good morning. It's good to see everybody today. Uh, we are being heard right now on iHeartRadio, on Spreaker, on Spotify, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on TuneIn. And of course, we're being seen on YouTube and Facebook. I originally had a guest scheduled. And I want... like here. So I had another guest scheduled, and I'm going to address this because I'm sure I'm going to get hate mail for it. I canceled on him. I've actually canceled on him twice. The first time I canceled on him because I just wasn't feeling well. Good morning, John. <laughs> Senor Mayor. I think you spelled Senor wrong. Um, I canceled on our guest, not Harley Wallen, but there was another guest that was scheduled, and I canceled. Because I didn't want to have him on. And... And I got this really mean email that I should, I, I actually should read it on the air, but I'm not going to because I don't feel like starting to fight. But I canceled on him because I just don't, I think he's full of crap. And you guys saw, if you watched the last episode of the last time someone came on here and that was inauthentic, I went after him. Well, I don't like doing that. And I felt like it was going to happen again. So I canceled on him. And so now I'm getting hate mail from him. And he was like, how dare you do this to me? Dude, get over it. It's my show. I mean, like you were a guest on my show, and it's my job as the host of the show to go, I don't think you're a good fit. So anyway, I'm going to read the email later. <laughs> 
No, there you go, John. Now you spelled senor correctly. Uh, by the way, happy late birthday. I'm excited about our guest today because he's coming from... There's a community of people, of actors and filmmakers and people that work in entertainment that work with this agent that I've been talking to. And he's been sending me amazing guests. And the last guest we have was terrific. And I have no reason to believe that this guest is not going to be great, too. I'm going to read you a little bit about him. Uh, on today's show, the world's mayor interviews Harley Wallen. I hope I'm saying it. It's not, I hope it's not Waylon. Is it Wallen? Waylon. Like Waylon Jennings. Oh, Wallen. Wallen. Okay. It's like, ooh, it's like Waylon Jennings. That's going to be a conversation. He's a multi-award winning filmmaker and actor. Harley Wallen, see now I'm going to be confused, has started over 40 feature films and TV shows with legendary stars such as Tom Sizemore, Tara Reid, I love her, and John Savage, among many others. He started his journey as a martial artist early with judo at age seven and is now a fifth degree black belt. Harley also spent time learning the other arts, jiu-jitsu, taekwondo, and he has black belts in them as well. Wow. Uh, also, he's in mixed martial arts. Where is Rich at? Rich is going to love this guy. His other love at a young age was dance, and it is, he was an outstanding break dancer in his teen years. That's impressive. His sheer talent and skill is what landed his first opportunity in acting as a dancer at the syndicated Swedish TV cult hit, Solsta Solstolarna. Solstolarna. I think that's right. Soon after, he realized he was bitten by the acting bug. Harley then showed, then moved from Sweden to the United States to boldly pursue his dreams. After a short stint, these plans got sidetracked by business opportunities as Arley, Harley climbed the serious career ladders. After returning to acting, it wasn't long before the roles started coming and the growth he had experienced in the business world started happening in film in the acting world. After the film incentives ended in Michigan, he started, to, he started making films on his own. Not having a film school background with only limited experience, he decided to go online to further his education in filmmaking and took several more classes and seminars in acting. Finally, in 2016, Harley and his wife... Kati formed the film, I mean, he's going to kill me for pronouncing all these names wrong, formed the film production company Painted Creek Productions. The one thing he ta really takes pride in is his commitment to, be in to the character he is playing, regardless of the size of the role or the paycheck. Harley is now writing, producing, acting, and directing as he has found his life's purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Harley Wallen. Waylon, Wallen, damn it. <laughs> Good morning, Bonnie. How are you, man? Hey, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Dude, I, I'm so sorry. First of all, let's get your wife's names correct. What is, what is that? It's Katie. I don't know what you can spell it simply. Katie? Katie. Katie. Yeah. That's a cool way to spell Katie, but golly, she's got to get used to people yeah. pronouncing her name wrong. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so sorry about that. So, Harley, first no things problem. first, what are you grateful for this morning? You know what? I'm grateful because I actually took my uh, three- and five-year-olds uh, to an audition, and they were a blast. It stopped everybody dead in their tracks today. Uh, so uh, that's a great way to start today, putting smiles on people's faces. Yeah, that is a good way. I started my day by pissing someone off. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a little bit about that. I... 
Man, I can't help it. If I get a bad feeling, I just can't. I can't shake it. I don't. I can't deny it, and I can't. And I'm tired of ignoring it for so long. I've been one of those people that have just I'll ignore it, and I'm like, ah, go for it anyway. And now I'm like, I just don't know if I want to deal with this right now, and and I I didn't. So anyway, I'm so thankful that you came on the show. So wait a second, are you from Sweden? Yes. Oh wow. So how long? Wh- when did you move to the United States? I moved here about 20 years ago. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so I've been here for, for quite a while. Uh, I'm pretty Americanized, so to speak. Yeah, I you... go back uh, every couple of years or so. You have no accent at all. You know what's funny? I, I do have it. It's just not uh, very uh, very strong. I uh, can speak like Inga from Sweden if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's a stereotype. That's the stereotypical way that they talk, though, right? Right, it is. Absolutely. Do they talk like that, though? I mean, in Sweden, they do. really? They do. Oh my gosh! Wow. They, when we learn English in school, they teach us proper English, so to speak. And uh, I was the kid who watched American movies, and I thought the British English was so sissy. It was so girly, and I spoke American, and my teachers were so mad with me because I refused to speak the way they wanted me. So I think that's why my accent is as light as it is these days. So what what made, what got you to move to America? Like, what was that decision? Were there just not the opportunities that you were looking for, or...? Yeah, Sweden was pretty limited, and I think I had somewhat become typecast uh, because of the breakdancing and the martial arts. Uh, everything that I seemed to be getting was either in relation to fighting or it was in relation to the dance and uh, no dramatic roles came my way and that's my favorite thing is to really dig into a character and, and become uh, uh, so yeah that was that was the reason for the big move was I wanted to have those roles come my way so and then somewhere in between the 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 break dancing the martial arts you decided to go into business what was the purpose of that? Was it just because it was it to make sure that you had steady income, or what was the deal? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the the acting gig for a while there was pretty unstable, so I started working in, in sales just so that I could get by, and they kind of allowed me to to, to go back and forth between acting and, and selling. Sure. And uh, and I started doing well with uh, with my sales. And they say, hey, we really want to promote you, but you can't screw around, leave, and go act all the time. So things dried up a little bit, was pretty inconsistent for acting. So I took a hiatus and, uh, and stepped away from that. I kept on fighting and coaching, but uh, I stepped away from acting for, you know, about 10, 12 years. Golly. That, so that, there's something to that. I... Um... You know, I took a job as the chief financial officer, and I've been doing a lot less shows. I mean, I was doing some days three and four shows, but I took a job as the chief financial officer for a really cool company, uh, Elevated Perspective Marketing. And Uh I did that, but my dream is, you know, to be, I mean, I am a show host and an MC and speak, and I do that, but like, I'm not far enough in that career yet to be able to really use that to go okay now this is how I can this is my career Mm -hmm. Um, and it's interesting because there's that desire to go for what you're dreamed of being and what you want to be and who you want to be and and then unfortunately 
you know, there's a, you have to have that balance of where you got to be able to fund all that too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's scary because it's like, but I don't want to step off the accelerator because I want to get there. And like, yeah. and there's been a trick of me finding the balance of, of both. And like, how do you juggle both? And so I'm experimenting with that now, but I got to tell you, my, my heart hurts when I can't do the show or something interferes. Or as we speak, I'm having my phones blowing up with problems. <laughs> And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. ah, but, but you, but I get to figure it out, you know, and, and, and it's something that it's, I, I care enough about it, but I also care enough about providing for my family to go, to go after and make it happen. So how did you find the balance of doing both? Well, I, I think uh, I never did. Uh, I think, uh, acting was a hobby for a long, long time. And about three years ago, I, I, I jumped, um, uh, there was a, a cut at work, and uh, after being at a really solid position, making good money, uh, they were trying to downsize to, in order to fit with this new uh, moving world we live in. And we had a bunch of us, uh, you know, get laid off. Right. And I saw the opportunity, and I said, you know what? I have a little bit of money set aside. I have a little bit of money coming from this. Uh, this is the time to do it. And I and I made the jump, and I've now been a filmmaker full-time for almost three years I've I've had the privilege of being on a movie set in fact this Thursday we have a movie premiere uh, here in San Diego for a film I'm uh -huh. in and I gotta tell you it's so neat to watch a, a movie set work yeah. it, it just it, it is right. a, everyone has their responsibility everybody stays in their lane and if they do that it, it turns out to be a, a beautiful movie set how much does leadership tie into what you're doing um, as a director and filmmaker I think it's huge uh, you were just talking a little bit about energy uh, and, and with the guests and you just had a hesitation about having them on I am just like that with my team I, I, it's, it's all about energy it, it needs to be a creative environment it needs to be people that are that are trying to be excellent at their part and if we all do that if we all try to be excellent at our part then the end result will be excellent so that's the goal. I, I want a bunch of people that are wired just like me that say my dream is helping other people get their dream. Oh, I love that. You but know, that, that's what we do. Everybody's enabling each other to actually go there. Right. When we started making these indie films, you know, especially in Michigan, we went from having film incentives and Batman versus Superman, Transformers, and all kinds of big films here. And then they were gone, just like that. And I remember sitting on a set saying, who's going to make sure that we have any kind of quality films coming out of Michigan? Because there were a bunch of people that were doing it, but they were happy making home movies that they were all going to sit around and high-five each other. And I'm like, no, I want to make stuff the way you see in theaters. That's what I want to make. Right. Well, so what kind of films are those? What, what, are, what, is, what would you say your, your most passionate style of film to create is? Oh, it's so hard for me because I, I, I become passionate about the script and the story. So if, if you look at, at the, I've made six films now, and, uh, and if you look at the genre, it'll be really confusing because you're going to look at it and say, well, is this a Tarantino? Oh, it's not a Tarantino. He does this. He's a Michael Met. No, it's a family movie. What do you know? Because I don't care about the genre. I care about the story. It needs to be a story that compels me to want to tell the story. So 
we just finished up a horror movie. Before that, we did a, a an action thriller, and before that, it was a family romantic comedy. So there, there's no genre that that screams at me harder. If you ask what I love to watch, I would say the thriller genre, uh, psychological thriller, action thriller. Uh, you think about Seven, the usual suspects, where you have to actually activate your brain and watch, sure. pay attention, put your phone aside. And, and really just be there. Uh, I love that. That's what I love. I I have not watched a movie. Well, I have not watched a movie that I have not seen 500 times in years until yesterday. My daughter and I went and saw The Incredibles too. Oh, how was that? It's actually a really good movie. And and I laughed and, and it was thought provoking and it was kind of inspiring and it... it it's funny how cartoons do that, um, especially yeah. with the new ones that come out. But I have not seen a movie. I've, I just it takes so long to get me engaged in a film that I can't. Like it, I just get bored and I get restless. Like even in The Incredibles, I was like ready to get up. So it's it's it is movies like Seven, Good Morning Cat, Good Morning Bonnie, Good to See You Guys. Um, it's movies like Seven that I will get engaged in, yeah. but I don't like the part of my brain it triggers. Unfortunately, I can't, like, I have to be so careful about what I listen to and what I watch because it affects yeah. me. I, and I, it's not a case of not letting it. It just does my dreams, like the night terrors. Yeah. So it's like, what yeah. is the trade off? So I, I literally, um, I have to like everything around me is happy. Like I listen to happy music. <laughs> I don't, but I miss watching those movies because those were my favorite movies. So as even as a child, like I, it whether you wanted to be the hero or you like being the bad guy, you know. And the bad guys were always interesting, and I love the old mob movies. And but it's it's funny with how I just love to kind of get into that role of one of the characters and identify that that's how I watch movies yeah. but yet at the same time it affects me down the line so I don't even know I, I don't know how method actors do it like I don't know how they don't end up losing their mind you know I think uh, especially when you have to go to a place where your natural instinct is to judge your character <laughs> and you have to remove that because otherwise you can't be truthful that's where it gets tricky where the lines can blur um, because you have to push away right. all those natural inclinations to judge your character. I just played in, uh, in Artificial Loyalty. I played a, a human trafficking boss. You know, that, that's, that's, that's really, really tough to play. I have a, Timely. a, a three-year-old, a five-year-old, and a 14-year-old daughter. To see these girls in cages and to understand what fate they have coming it was it was heartbreaking so now you have to detach from all that you feel and all that you know and now you have to become this character and you have to find ways to justify why he is the way he is um it's it's a rough place to be and often when you leave set you feel dirty yeah and you have to kind of go through a process to get out of this and uh i totally understand the people that lose their mind a little bit especially with tricky roles like that. Um, 
I played a I played a character. I played it. Actually, I've been in a few projects that were filmed, and I have no acting. Ex- I mean, that my acting experience is me showing up and then being thrown into the. So, I I don't really know what the process is like, except for the own process that I went in. I played a prison scene where it was up to me. I was one of the. Um, I was basically the murderer that was trying to set somebody else up in prison. And I had to go there because of the... I had to obviously get myself anger and think about the, yeah. like the process of murdering someone. And, 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 the, and I got into this character. I swear to you, I had to go take a long walk after. Because yeah. I got so keyed up. I swear mm-hmm. to you, it was... Like, I made my eyes go bloodshot. And yeah. it is... And it's a lot. It's, and so... I gotta, from my limited experience, like I've I've learned to have so much respect, not only for a director, and because of how they do they manage the set, and then of course the, there's the creative side of it, um, yeah. the leadership that it takes to make everyone to create that environment where everyone's working together, which I think is beautiful, but an actor and an actress and the process they go through, I have so much respect for them because. It is a lot harder than it looks. It's not as simple. It's not. It, it, you're not just acting. Or I'm sorry, you are acting. It, it's not as simple as, hey, I'm just going to pretend to be someone else. No, it is like taking no. on that persona physically in the way that you you animate your movements. Everything is yep. different. It is a skill. Yep. So, like when I hear people com, you know complain or go, ah, they're overpriced actors and they're making twenty million a film. Well, you know what they were making when they started? Nothing. Yeah. And you know how much money is being made? They should make that kind of money. It, it's it's a true they, gift. It really, really is. Four percent of SAG actors do this and this alone for a living. The other ninety six percent are juggling other things and acting. So we can get stuck talking about you know Bruce Willis making too much money, and maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I think the 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 market dictates what he's worth. Sure. Uh, but but acting in general, uh, if if you're doing this for the money, you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. Because uh, the likelihood of you getting paid is unfortunately not very good. Oh, it, even if you're a producer, you're lucky to get paid. I've had some experience on the the, the film industry is really really strange because I, I mean I remember I've raised money for a few films and didn't get paid. Yeah. <laughs> like wait wait yeah, we had I'll a we had that, a contract. Trickiest side about filmmaking is distribution. Uh, uh, you know, I remember. You know, I'm thankful. I, I have a, a really good uh, lawyer, and uh, and every single time we get a distribution offer, I walk into his office, I put down on his desk, and he almost all the time looks at me and says, "If you sign this, I'm done with you." That's truly what he says. Wow. Uh, because they have so many clauses in there that that you have to pay them for all kinds of things, whether they do them or not, and uh, and they're all hidden in there. And uh, it's quite often people make a movie, but because of all those fees and the contracts that, you know, we're, most filmmakers are so happy just to get their film out, that they don't have the patience, the stamina, or the connections to get to a good distributor where the money actually comes back in. Sure. And I'm thankful that I, I've learned, um, and, and I'm patient with these type of things. And, uh, you know, we, we did, out of the six films that I've so far made, only one is out in distribution yet because I refused to sign a bad deal. And uh, now all of them have been signed. 
uh, and finally will will be pretty much putting an assault on the film industry here from August through October. They're all releasing. So what do you think about, and I have, uh, and, and, and we should talk off the air because I do have yeah. a couple of uh, relationships with networks that are really big in distribution and working with people mm-hmm. like yourself. Um, so we should talk after. Absolutely. Um, I do have some of those relationships. I, I want to ask you something. It's a little bit controversial and, and I'm not trying to steer you down a, a, a path that you can't win here. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm curious, what is your opinion about why women in the film industry have not been given equal pay to men? Like where did that start from? It, it didn't truly start from a sexist place, did it? You know what, I think I think men have wanted to watch men be heroes for so long that when we get them up in front of us, we are so willing to pay whatever it is. And, uh, and that, it's, it's, think about sports, because I think sports is actually very related. If you're looking at a, a, a soccer game or at a basketball game, why is it that the men draw a huge crowd and the women draw smaller crowds in most sports? Well, Wherever that starts is yeah. what's going to dictate the price. Um, because it's not quite as simple as men versus women. Because if, if Jennifer Connelly makes way more money on a movie than I do. Right. So it's not, so it's not that way. But who is... Who is paying for most of the movie tickets? Who is paying for most of the... Who, who goes to Redbox or whatever? And, and who is that sending the money on the film? If it's the guy watching the <clears throat> movies, or if it's we're just used to seeing heroes as men, right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think it's a tricky place because I think equal is a dangerous world. I think fair is a much better world. Sure. So should women have fair pay absolutely should men have fair pay absolutely i but i think when we start trying to say you are doing something and i'm also doing that we're not going to talk about how good you are or how good i am or how many people i draw how many people you draw we're just going to say flat out you and i have to be paid the same that's a bit dangerous too sure oh i i agree with that and i also think because of like whatever the belief about where the Me Too movement, the real true purpose behind it, the fact is people did need to be made aware of what was happening. I have a lot of a lot of female friends in the industry and like I've heard stories that just creep me out. Okay. And and it and I think that because of that platform of like we're the men, we are the draw, the box office draw back in the day, that allowed the ego to kick in because God knows yeah. we have ego. And I mean, we all, we're all human beings. We all have ego. But, but when you're said, well, you know, and you're put on that platform, it's a lot easier to have an ego. And so considering that most of the men in Hollywood were making the most money, I can see how that happens. And then all of a sudden that machoism, like, well, I'm bigger than you, so you're now going to follow in line. Yeah. And yeah. I can see how that happens. But at the same time, I am really, really thankful um, and glad to see this awareness because, look, my father, my my we my mom and dad are not in the entertainment. But I remember when my mom um, finally got the courage to leave my dad. My father told her that you'll never amount to anything without me. So that reminds me of that that Hollywood, yeah. like the whole Me Too movement. And yeah. and my mom, what my mom did, in which my mom is the ultimate superhero to me. But my mom goes, you know what? 
I'll show you. And Dad Gummit, she's shown him and every other man because she is yeah. a very powerful uh, woman, very successful, and she did it without my father. She did it without anybody. Well, I mean, with her relationship with God, but yeah. other than that, nobody. And yeah. she did that. And and I, I look at that like my mother is a superhero to me. And, yeah. and when I see that example, I think about the Me Too movement, and I'm like, now's your time. Like, now's your time to take advantage of this opportunity because now it's been exposed. Now things are becoming more equal. And look, the mm -hmm. fact is this. We're all, we all have gifts. We all have talents. We all, like, maybe, you know, women are not as physically strong, but dead government women have some abilities that we don't have. Oh, yeah. So I wasn't trying to take you down a path to, like, get you to, like, say something where you're going to end up on, you know, freaking TMZ tomorrow or anything. But um, although that would be kind of cool if we ended up on TMZ. Um, <laughs> but I, I wasn't trying to, like, get you to be controversial. Yeah. At all. No, I understand. I mean, I think right now this is a part of the subject matter. There's no way around it. Yeah. And uh, and, and, and it, it needed to be exposed. And, and the fact is, this is not just the film industry. This has been at the office as well. The boss saying, "Hey, you, you want to get this next position?" Yeah. You know, I mean, these these people should be in trouble. Uh, and at the very least. We need to draw a line in the sand and say, I don't know what you've been doing, but that stuff's over with. Yeah. Well, and it's... And I and I yeah I, and I do like it because I would like to see things be equal and frankly some of the most powerful people on this planet I've ever powerful leaders I've ever seen are women. Yeah. And I don't know I, I don't know. Your, your, your role model is your mom. My role model is my mom and my grandma. Yeah. So if you're looking at, at, at role models for men being women. I think that gives us a great place to start from because it gives us a form of empathy that is needed if we're ever going to make a, a bridge Absolutely. so that we can all work together. Yeah, I mean, I'm 39 years old now and I finally have my first male mentor. Yeah. I, I, every mentor, every role model I've ever had has been a woman until, you know, recently. Um, so what are, you, what are you working on now? Right now I am uh, in editing of Official royalty. That one just got picked up by Vision and Sony. Um, we're editing Agramon's Gate, a horror film, and then we're in pre-production right now of Abeyance. And I was really hoping I was going to have some amazing news on the casting, but I'm like probably a half day away from finalizing my cast. But I, uh, I think this is going to be my my biggest, strongest cast yet. Uh, not just our star meter, but I'm, I'm bringing in some, some heavy hitters from Hollywood. And, uh, and locally, I, I found uh, just an amazing cast. So I can't wait to see what's going to happen with this. Uh, I have a new cinematographer with, uh, with uh, more gear than I've ever had before. So I have a lot of options that I've also, again, uh, didn't have before. So I'm, I'm chomping at getting started. Uh, June 29th, we turn the camera on, and, uh, and we'll be filming for the next few weeks after that. Where are you filming at? Uh, on location in Michigan. So we have locations in Detroit area, Pontiac area, where I'm from in Lake Orion. Um, we're a little bit all over. Well, if you need someone to play a newscaster or a radio host or even a uh, TV host, like interviewing your murderer or whatever, okay. I'm... Uh, 
I'm all in. <laughs> I'll fly myself to Michigan. I've... <laughs> It's it's one of mine. I mean, I'm a I'm a follower of Christ, and 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 I've been what somebody that's been always accepting of other people's beliefs. But I mean, these are mine, and yes. what helped me change my life. Um, but the morality questions, like the Da Vinci Code, like yes. step, like because it's it is a fine line. You gotta you have to think that someone is behind the scenes pulling the strings a little bit, and you gotta believe that there's a world and a reality that they do not want us to know. Because if we did know it then it would change our behavior. Like maybe we would put our damn cell phones down. Maybe we would, you know, change the way we treated each other and quit dividing. We would unite. We would find yeah. ways to unite instead of depart. Um, but yeah, the, the plays of morality, like for instance, the, the you know, with, with technology advancing the way it is and they, they have the new Elon Musk is uh, the brain net and how we can merge with technology now. Like those are all... Uh, that that's becoming available to us, but is that part of the beast? Is that yeah. is 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 playing with Bitcoin and where Bitcoin or or this cryptocurrency is going? The Internet of Everything, the five G technology, the chip in yeah. your hand. Like, are we? Is 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 this the be? Is this the beast that we've been warned about for so long? Is the beast actually technology? Is that what yeah. it is? And you got to think it's sure as hell possible. Yeah. Like anything's possible. We have flying cars now. We have driverless yeah. cars. We are living in the Jetsons almost. I know. It's crazy to me. So, yeah, but what do you do? Like what what do you do because if you don't if you don't have the newest smartphone, if you are not up on technology, if you are not up on and you're not trying to keep up, what do you do because then you don't eat? Yeah. No, it's, true. It, it's it's wild to me. It's so wild to me. But at the same yeah. time, fascinating. It's it's like, oh, give me some popcorn. I want to watch this. Oh wait, I'm li yeah. I'm living in it. Like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I watched that. There's a video that's circulating about technology and how addicting it is and everything else. And Denzel has a big part in it. And and I was sitting there and I'm watching it on my mobile device and I'm thinking to myself. Kind of ironic that we're using the tool that's the problem to spread awareness about the tool itself. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, but it's. It, I remember, you know, everybody used to say that money was evil, and I think money can be really good, and money can be evil. It's how it's being used. Yeah. And, and it's. I think it's the same thing with technology. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Listen, I am I I want to have you back on because I want an update for 
excuse me, for your film project, first of all, um, I'm a big, I, I'm a fan. I like, I dig you, man. I'm glad that you came on um, the show today. And I do want, I, I want you to reach out to me directly. I want to talk to you about distribution because I have somebody. Um, what does this say? Good morning. Infected humans are destroying the world. Whoa. That's, a, that, well, you know, kind of. Uh, good morning. Yeah, that's a hell of a good morning. What are you grateful for, Lori? Um, but I would love to have you back on because I want to, I want to talk to you about, well, the distribution we'll talk about off air, Yeah. <clears throat> but I want to follow up on this film because it, it sounds interesting and I love the Moral Dilemma films as yeah. well because it, it's good to make us think because I believe it one can straight, if you're somebody of faith, it will strengthen your faith. If, if it's shakable, you get to look at that. <laughs> it's like, ah, I don't know. So I love having my beliefs challenged, but, you know, I, which is going to be hard to alter them. But anyway, listen, I am so grateful you came on the show today. And for you coming on the show today, I'm going to give you a giraffe. I love it. Yeah. What do you, uh, you cannot sell it and you cannot give it away. What are you going to do with it? Oh, man. You got to feed it, too. I'd have to figure out a way. Uh, could I house it at a zoo? No. Well, that would make it tricky. Yep. Don't know even know where I would put it. <laughs> See, that great gift like a giraffe, and I don't even know if I can accept it. <laughs> you have to. It's no choice. I'm just kidding. Listen, man, uh, Harley, you're a blessing, my friend. Thank you so much for being on the show today, and I will talk to you off air, and then I will talk to you very soon on the show. Perfect. Thank you so much. God bless, man. Thank you. You too. Bye. All right, guys. That's today's show. Thank you so much for watching. Lori, good to see you. Bonnie, Julie, uh, everybody else that just popped on. You guys watch replay. If you've not watched it, replay, or if you're <laughs> if you're tuning in later, hit uh, hashtag replay. Good to see you guys. iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes. Thank you guys so much for your downloads. Thank you for listening. And of course, everybody on YouTube and Facebook, thank you for watching. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. When we go out to eat, we never agree on where to go. I want burgers! Pizza! Tacos it is. The one thing we do agree on is, we all want unlimited high-speed data. That's why we switch to MetroPCS. Stop by MetroPCS with the whole family and get four lines with unlimited LTE data for just $100, period. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Requires new line. During congestion, the fraction of customers using more than 35 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds. Video streams at up to 40p. No tethering. See store for details and terms and conditions.